Welcome to First World Problems, the podcast, episode number 15. The first one recorded on a bus. I'm pretty excited about this. It's like backstage. I feel like we should have some groupies. and At Disneyland. That's true. At Disneyland. No groupies Disneyland. at Disneyland. Uh, <laughs> actually talking to the, uh, not right into the top, but then, yeah. This one. Yeah, this way. There we go. For the longest time, we recorded the show with the microphones facing backwards. Which uh, is... At first, we, Scott was like, talking to the top. Like, okay, Scott, <laughs> you know what you're talking about. <laughs> We were incorrect. We were just very professional audio engineers. So, anyways, with me as always, Joey Cahill. How are you doing today? Good. <laughs> do you like how we say your last name? I think that's why I laugh every time. Yeah. Does not does do you not hear your last name on a daily basis? Probably. I does, don't know. does your girlfriend call you by your full name? It, no. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Scott Arnold, how are you doing today? Good. Are you researching your quick hit? Yeah. Are you kind of disappointed that you don't have the internet? No, 3G. <laughs> We're good. We're good. And our very, very special guest, Mr. Billy Hamilton from the band Silverstein. Hello. <laughs> Billy, thank you very much for uh, carving the time out of your, your busy touring schedule. Hey, thanks, thanks for coming to Disneyland uh, to uh, accommodate me. It is our pleasure. When Billy, Billy is one of the first people that requested to be a guest on the show, and we said wow. yes immediately. Is that true? I think it was a little bit of a... Uh, Ray was like, hey, I got a podcast. You should listen to it. Yes. And then I was like... Wink, wink. Yeah, it was, it was a little wink. There oh, yeah, yeah. It was, it was a reciprocal thing. Billy wasn't just like a super fanboy, yeah. even though that's how I met you. That's very true. <laughs> this is very true. <laughs> but it was spectacular. And then our friendship has blossomed ever yeah. since. Um, so, yeah, this is our first show on the back of a bus. It's fancy. Yeah, it's very fancy. Um... Yeah, we'll start into some uh, some housekeeping. What do you think a bus costs to rent a day? A Billy, bus. I'll you tell you exactly what it costs. <laughs> <laughs> a bus. Well, I mean, a bus costs a decent amount of money. More than a thousand dollars? No, no. I would say somewhere between. With a driver. With a driver, you're looking a thousand dollars a good ballpark. You can get ones for cheaper. You can get. You can probably pay more for a bus, but yeah, I think you're looking at about a thousand dollars. And you guys also eight hundred a day maybe is probably a. a a good one. Do you guys always use the same bus? Uh, no, almost ride? never. Yeah, sometimes you'll if there's like a tour back to back, it'll be like, oh well, like we're gonna have the same bus, but it's just gonna go away for a week or whatever to. It'll pick us back up in a week. Uh-huh. Yeah. That kind of thing. So. What about drivers? Uh, we've had some drivers that we've like stuck with for an entire year, but we've had drivers that like won't make it through an entire tour. Like yeah. <laughs> those. I mean, yeah, they're yeah. drivers. It's yeah. It's so hit or miss. I think there's bands that are like. Oh, this dude's amazing, or it's like this guy's the war. Like yeah. we need to fire him within two days of the tour. Yeah, right. And then uh, I think it's good to have a guy like if you get along with a guy, y- you know, we've had times where we've gotten along with a guy and we've kept him on for like a little while, and then it's almost like you got to like break up with him, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry to let you down. Yeah, yeah, cool. You, you know, and then he starts thinking that he's your friend, and then he can kind of like call the shots and stuff, and it's like, well, wait a minute, <laughs> we're, we're paying you a thousand dollars a day. Yeah, 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 <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah, maybe we should just rent a bus and drive around the country and do interviews. That'd probably be pretty cool. Yeah. We can just get one of our sponsors to... Starbucks. Right. Target. <laughs> Target. That's cool. We could just have the whole bus, like, just wrap wrapped. It. Yeah, exactly. Perfect. All right. Well, let's get on that. Scott, start it immediately. Okay. Email target at target.com. See if anyone gets back CEO at target.com. <laughs> so, yeah, 14 episodes in, uh, going strong. We we think we're gonna start kicking this up to like almost a weekly podcast because we're just is that fast? That's I don't know. Start. Yeah, I know it's news to you guys. This is just me talking, oh. but I just think Good I mean it's being aired out 
Uh, I know. Yeah, I just thought I'd put it out there for everybody. Yeah. Uh, it just seems, I mean, with the way that the last Skype recording went, it, it was... I know, Scott, there's some questionable... I don't think Skype is the way to go. Uh, we'll see. I think well, we should have... We should just follow Billy around. Okay. All right, full time. <laughs> Billy's a permanent guest now? Does, does anyone sleep back here? <laughs> oh, no. Shotgun. <laughs> Okay. All right. Well, I like that idea as well. So, um, yeah, we're just recording them a little bit quicker. So, uh, you'll you'll be anticipating these shows a little bit quicker in your uh, your iTunes box, so to speak. Uh, yeah, you can email us at fwppodcast at gmail dot com. Tell us how awesome of a job we're doing because I know we're doing an awesome job. It's true. <laughs> we're just gonna go ahead and dive right into our ever popular quick hit section, where we recommend uh, something that we enjoy. In life, in general, um, I'm gonna go first. I never go first on this, and it gives Scott some time to kind of uh, you know digest what I he's. I think getting. I've got mine. Oh, okay, good. Uh, this is kind of a two. It's a twofer. It's a split, but n- neither of them have anything to do with one another. Which is, I don't know why I'm splitting them into, into two. But you're gonna say you have two quick hits. Yes, but they're very quick. First hence, one is pretty self-explanatory. Hence the quick. <laughs> uh, first one is the NBA playoffs. I've never cared about the NBA, like in general. I mean, I've watched basketball, but the college basketball. Love college basketball. It's weird that you don't like pro basketball. It's not that it's bad. I just don't follow it. So I was feeling a void after college basketball season ended, and it was like it was a terrible final, and I was like, oh, what am I going to watch? Uh, I was like, all right, I'll try, try NBA basketball. It's a good time to start. Playoffs are incredible. insane. It's, I mean, it's just, it's so much fun. You can actually feel like the NBA players that are making $900 million actually care about the game as opposed to, like, you know, game 52. Funny you should say that after game four of the Lakers. Yeah. Oh. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, the Lakers, obviously. We'll but. say a good 75% of people care about It's true, it's true. Game. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so I just, I, I am now going to commit to actually watching the NBA playoffs, like, every I'll year. I'll be honest, I, I love basketball. I don't, I... Loosely pay attention to the regular season, and then about a week before playoffs, I jump back in. You just dive in because there's no, you know, it's regular not made for all sports. Yeah, huh? that's true. <laughs> well, you pay attention to hockey regu- year round, though. The regular season's okay. pretty long. I mean, eighty-two games. But I love. I don't. I mean, the Lakers are my team, but they're out, and I still don't care. Like I love yeah. basketball playoffs. Yeah. Do you like? You don't like sports? No, uh, no. I I do kind of like sports. Okay. Um, we have a basketball team in Toronto. True. Uh, the Toronto Raptors. Yes. Uh, I really don't care about them at all. Are you from Canada? Uh, I'm from Canada, Where? yeah. Toronto. Oh. Um, I feel like that was just covered. But. Yeah, right. Uh, that's fine. And, yeah. Oh, oh well. Literally about <laughs> 15 seconds ago. I was looking for my quick hit. <laughs> so, some people care about basketball in Toronto. Um, I am not one of those people. Yeah. Uh, we don't have college basketball. I guess we kind of do, but it's not. Nah, and yeah. it's no one. And it's also, right now, it's like hockey playoffs. So people really care about hockey right now. Yeah, you have to care uh, about hockey. You have to care about hockey, right? You care about I, hockey? I, I don't care about hockey. Oh. I don't have a team. But come playoff time, it's like, I, you have to. Yeah, yeah. Uh, You're swept up in it. The one thing I found with that Lakers game was like how sad it was to see Phil Jackson go out like that. Yeah. Like, yeah. I always, I always cared about like when I was a kid and I pretended to care about basketball. It was, it was like Michael Jordan time, you know. Of course. And wow. Yeah. Well, what a disappointment. Did you see him tap the chest of Pal? Yeah, that was <laughs> oh. the game before. Yeah. Yeah, he was mad. I mean, everyone's pretty much saying that he's going to coach the Knicks and or the Bulls next. Really? Year. Well, not and or. You can only do one, but right. well, that's the rumors. <laughs> the Knicks and the Bulls next year that he's he's retiring, but 
Yeah. Gonna, I heard he's going to go away for one year and then come back. Well, yeah, yeah he's not going to retire, retire. Right. Yeah. He's not going to He's retired his, before. He's going to pull a Brett Favre or yeah. any of <laughs> so, those number of other sporting I too much. icons. <laughs> yeah. It'll be the biggest thing will be who will coach the Lakers next year. Kobe. Yeah. She's going to do Pete Rolls, Pete Rose. He's going to transfer. Player coach. I heard Beckham actually is uh is going to come in and coach. That would be spectacular. And then his wife will be the uh, GM. <laughs> and Nicholson will be his uh, assistant. Yeah, that's perfect. So anyways, NBA playoffs, like I said, very random. Who are you, who are you rooting for? Uh, Bulls. I like the Bulls. Joe Derek, and I were talking about We this. talked about on the way. Derek yeah. Rose is spectacular. Yeah. He's just fun to watch. As long as the Celtics or the Heat lose, don't really care. And I don't want the Mavs to win, but... Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then... That was a... For a quick hit, that was... I know, that was a little elaborate. I apologize. You said it was a, a it was, halfer. Yeah, what's yeah this it one? was a halfer. What's this one going to be? This one, this will be very quick. This one is a record that, uh, the band is called Ghost. The record's called Opus Epinonymous. Basically, this band plays, like, a rock-metal hybrid similar to, like, Merciful Fate or King Diamond, which isn't really, like, up my alley, but these dudes, it's a five-piece band. The, the vocalists dress up like a dead priest... No one knows who the band is. No one knows who the band members are. Like, the vocalist goes by, oh, man, I can't even remember the name, like, you know, Dead Priest or something like so that. So they're like the Aquabats, kind of? Exactly, except they don't even assume, like, it's him and then four dudes that wear, like, cloaks. And so it's like, no one knows who they are. They're from Sweden. They're playing their first show in the States, uh, Maryland Death Fest or whatever. But anyways, the record, I've just, like, it's just something about it that's like, man, this is... It's poppy, yet it's like heavy. I don't know. I just really enjoy it. So that record. Cool. Anybody that's like into like heavy-ish music will probably find something they like about it. So um, yeah, that's a quick hit. Joey, take it away. You have two. I have three. <laughs> oh gosh, <laughs> mine are really quick though. One, the Fringe season finale. God damn, was that good? Oh. If you're not watching Fringe, you're an idiot. Two episodes behind. Watched it last night. Intense. God oh, damn. Can't, can't wait. Uh, two. The, uh, not the most recent, but it was a uh, go back to Ray's quick hit of the Mark Maron podcast, WTF. The most recent one with Andy Dick is a incredible listen. I can't wait. It's very good. Uh, three, there's a new show on the History Channel called How the States Got Their Shapes. There's only been one episode, and it's awesome. <laughs> the States Got Their Shapes? Yeah. It's about like the borders of, uh, of the oh, states. Oh, okay. I, there's only, this... it's, I mean, it could turn into a pile of shit, but because there's only been one episode, but it was all about like What's the, the river. It was about like the rivers. Oh, cool. And it's really, really interesting. Interesting. Yeah, Is three. it narrated by somebody? Uh, some dude. He's. It looks from Mike, Mike Rowe. It, he, jobs. he looks like a Mike Rowe part two, kind of. <laughs> but it's not Mike Rowe. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's awesome. Cute. So that's that, it. That sounds educational. Billy. Knock uh, it out of the park. You don't have to do 15 quick hits to like... Yeah. Well, he did handsy. two, I did three, you got to do four. Yeah. Okay, well... <laughs> Scott, you got five. This is, this is like... I don't know if you guys reviewed it already. I think this is kind of uh, the easy one. The new title fight record is amazing. You like that? I, I really like it. You uh, like it better than the last one? Like, I mean... Yeah. Absolutely, like, destroys anything they've ever done. Nice. I thought... I, I saw that band play a couple times. People were like, you're going to love this band. Hot Water Music... Kid Dynamite, Philly, you're going to love this band. And I was kind of like, not, you know, a little bit, like, you know, they were a little bit sloppy and they were sure. like, I wasn't too impressed. Saw them again. I had like learned a couple of the songs. I got into them a bit more. Uh, saw them a third time and was like blown away. And then um, saw them just now on, they were playing some new record, some songs of the new record. And I heard the new record and it's like, they've tightened up. The songs have structure and they have purpose i felt like the other songs were really all over the place and yeah 
I, I love the production. I love the Walter Schreifel's kind of vibe it's got. It's got, it's like no division, but sounds better. I love it. Nice. So maybe I'll just, I went on, I went on that one no, for a little No, 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 you're, you're fine. Uh, I, I, I was going to say that I, I kind of, I don't know if it's uh, something I completely missed, but I uh, rediscovered this uh, Zombies record from the 60s, uh, okay. Odyssey and Oracle. Uh, and yeah, I, it's that, it's got that song, um, what's that, uh... It's the time of the season. That's like oh, the song yeah, everyone yeah, knows, yeah. right? Sure. Uh, but there's there's like twelve other songs on it that are like way better and amazing, and it's all like like Beach Boys, Beatles, kind of piano summertime ballads, and it's just like really nice. Cha- change my change my vibe for the summer. So that's cool. Go nice. check out that record. Le- leading into the summer. Leading into the summer, right? Because it was snowing a week ago in Canada. So. <laughs> Global warming doesn't exist. Yeah, not at all. Snow. Snow, Scott Arnold, what do you what do you have to? Because you can't top last episode's one. Scott recommended a mechanical pencil. I haven't laughed harder in a very long time. <laughs> Joey, once, oh, yeah, that was just Whew. magic. Anyway, Scott, I, don't want to even think about I know it. you can't top it. So what do you got? Uh, between this eraser? podcast and the last podcast, as you all know, uh, Bin Laden died. He did. What? <laughs> um, so when I was reading about that, I came across a book about Navy SEALs. Oh. Is it? Oh no, that's a documentary about with uh, Charlie Charlie Sheen. Sheen. Yeah. <laughs> so this is a book called The Warrior Elite, and basically it's a former Navy SEAL from the '60s following a group of young men through Navy SEAL training. Oh, and it's like 400 pages of these guys getting killed physically every day. Oh, I was gonna and, say like, wow, no. just guys. So dying. It's, not, it's nothing like none of it is about war or anything. It's just about the training. Sure. And it's like, if you ever feel bad for yourself that you have a lot to do or. <laughs> we have, we have a lot of emails to return. Yeah, like, <laughs> read this book. You'll envy your life. It'll 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 make you it'll light a fire under your ass. Get things done. Well, I'm sure just from like a physical standpoint. I mean, I know it's mentally challenging. I'm sure as well. But well, like like half the guys are Annapolis graduates, so mm-hmm. they're really smart engineers and stuff. Sure. And then there's three parts. The first part's physical, and the second part's all about diving. So you have to memorize like how to survey land from the water and then the third part's all weapons and stuff so yeah these aren't dumb people sniping yeah i <laughs> mean a not... lot of you guys are probably familiar with this from call of duty right <laughs> so it's probably it's not yeah spectacular well it sounds check it out okay i'm gonna jump back in uh with, with the bin laden thing you said i'm i'm gonna throw my third pick is just gonna be obama because yeah. uh, I don't know if anyone, it was completely overshadowed uh, by the Bin Laden thing, but uh, Canada re-elected Stephen Harper. Right. Who is, uh, they, he actually has a majority government now, which means he can do whatever he wants. He's the Republican uh, scum. He's the Republican scum of Canada. <laughs> right. Uh, he, got, he got something like uh, 60%, uh, uh, which is massive, uh, yeah. but he had like about 40 before. Um, and because there's there's a multiple party system, uh, it's not just one guy against another guy. So uh, the opposition, um, it, it actually used to be the main opposition was liberal, mm-hmm. uh, which is kind of the like middle kind of party. But uh, the NDP, which is the new Demo- new Democratic Party, uh, surpassed the liberals. Uh, so they hold the opposition, but 
not enough. Like, yeah. like the, the conservative parties like got crazy. Uh, so yeah, so Canada is going to shit. Right. Uh, can <laughs> I say shit? You can say shit. <laughs> okay. This is so explicit. How, did, how does Canada work? There's three main parties. There's more. There's there's uh, there's something like five parties. There's uh, and these people all have a chance of being elected. Like, uh, well, no. There's th that's the thing is that there's there's essentially three parties that. There really is only one party that has a chance of getting elected, and that's the Conservative Party. Okay. Uh, the the Liberal Party did uh, run the show a few years ago, but um, they've got this awful leader who's like completely screwing things up. Okay. And um, uh, then there's the NDP Party, which is kind of the like more left wing Liberal Party, um, and they're kind of the the youth is getting behind them, and they're kind of the uh, the front runners now for the anyone who's not conservative. And then there's also a Green Party, and there's a uh, there's a Bloc Quebecois party, which basically just wants Quebec to separate. From separate, Canada. right? Yeah. yeah. So uh, so there's a separatist party. <laughs> there's the Green Party, which gets very minimal seats, and then there's the uh, the NDP and Liberals, which split. Uh, you know the same amount of seats. So I feel, that, yeah. Oh, but they actually get seats. They don't. They get seats. They well, don't the, the, cancel the, each other out. No. Well, I mean the uh, if they teamed up. Like la they were actually thinking about teaming up last election because then they would have beat the conservatives, mm -hmm. but this time they they still wouldn't have beat the conservatives. I feel like so. that could potentially be with the the Tea Party and the Republican Party. It's kind of like the yeah, and 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 that's what the uh, that's what the whole thing. It's like a majority government they have now because they have more than fifty one percent of the the house so so they can do whatever they want basically uh before if they only had 40 something so the the opposition it was every it was everyone that's against them basically yeah. uh had more votes than they did but now you guys hold elections every four years every four years yeah but there was another election uh there's we've had like three elections in the last seven years or something yeah, you because there's thing like what england does where you just kick everyone out yeah yeah, yeah there was one of yeah. those things and and there was a basically uh the Opposing parties were going to team up against Stephen Harper and the Conservatives, and he just uh, tried to like stop. Yeah, yeah. So he's just like, oh no, we're just going to no, shut no, no. down government. Yeah, 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 so. yeah, yeah. So, uh, so really, like, what you know, for the last eight years, everyone's like, oh, I'm moving to Canada. You know, uh, George yeah. Bush, this and that, and now it's like, no, we're moving down here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Sign me up, Southern California. <laughs> Were you were you in Canada when Bin Laden was killed? Uh, no, I was in the states. I was in okay. I was in Florida. We uh, we shot off some fireworks. Uh, it's pretty good. Nice. That's good. Was Canada kind of united in that sort of? Yeah, I would think so. I don't know. America's Maybe. hat, you mean? Yeah. <laughs> Her little brother. <laughs> My mom was stoked. I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't know how much people really get it. Yeah. You guys like, have troops there? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I feel. I, I, I feel. Like, about it. I know. I, I feel like Scott's never done What's any research Canada? in Canada. We have a, a lot of troops in Afghanistan for sure. Yeah. 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 I've been to Canada, Brian, many times. <sighs> Vancouver. All over. Okay. Well, we, we were the most popular Southern Ontario hardcore band. It's true. <laughs> I saw Taken there twice. Taken, yeah. People like Taken in, like, here and in Southern like Ontario. Yeah. And, oh, that's weird. Well, they they probably liked them more in Southern <laughs> Ontario. 100% true. <laughs> and Japan, right? Big in Japan. Yes, big in Japan, big in Japan. <laughs> Can I just say my favorite thing about sitting where I'm sitting is uh -huh. every once in a while I see the monorail yeah. drive by. Oh, yeah. It's awesome. It's good. Yeah. It gives you a good vibe. Yeah, like, go you're Disneyland. relaxed. <laughs> talk more about Canada. Wait, we won't even interview. Talk Billy. about Taken. We'll just, <laughs> we'll just, we'll just talk about Canada like a history lesson, yeah. and people will fall asleep. People are like, I thought you guys were going to talk about music and stuff. So, do your police officers wear red jackets? No, Those but the they do. Police. They do ride horses. I think it's ridiculous. There's yeah. horses that ride through uh, downtown Toronto, yeah. uh, like like 
you know, it's like New York City we kinda uh, on a horse, and it's like, what are you going to pull someone over? Right. And then from like the animal rights kind of exactly. aspect of it, it's like you think P- that P- horse, Peter, Peter has put a kibosh <laughs> yeah. on that. It's like you think that horse is enjoying, you know, clonking around <laughs> yeah. downtown Toronto. Hardly. Okay. And then and then like me, I'm riding my bike. It's like hard enough with the potholes right. and the lack of bike lanes, but then there's a bunch of horse shit. Like, <laughs> you know? uh, That's funny. Can I say my, I've, I've been to Toronto a few times. Aside from LA, it is the worst traffic I've ever experienced. It's, it's pretty bad. Really bad. I, have you been to Montreal? Montreal's oh, worse. Dude, terrible. What, there. It's way I worse I just remember it was after we were driving from, where Ottawa? Yep. Yeah. Where was the first Taken show after we got held up at the border? Oh, we were driving from there to Ottawa, yes. there to I think Hamilton, yeah, and we sat for ever, yeah, yeah, hours. Yeah, it's pretty bad. It's but I agree, Montreal is definitely. Like, I think that was the day I met Ray. That yeah. that day. That could have. Thanks been for introducing it. yourself, Jerry. Yeah. That could. I, I might have bought a seven-inch coffee or something. <laughs> that's very true. That is true. <laughs> Undoubtedly, that's you guys have connected. Yeah. At hey, what's some up? Point. Yeah. Good to see you again. Yeah. At some point in the past. Well, you good. probably sold two taken T-shirts to members of my band that ended up in the same promo photo. <laughs> So good. <laughs> nice. Oh, I love the connections. I, yeah. lo- I love the hardcore connections. It's great. This was a lively, quick hit section. They're getting livelier and livelier. I know. Are it's we still recording? Moving on. Yes. <laughs> Movie- what, do, do you have something else to add, Scott? Uh, I'd just like to give a little shout out to Stephanie M. That's all I need to say. Stephanie M. <laughs> Steph- hey, girl. Stephanie Marlowe? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I know her too. So, yes, I know. I actually spoke to her on the phone before we recorded this. So did I, That's and great. she was talking about her favorite. Yes, Mr. Scott Arnold. This guy. I know. Whoa, whoa, whoa! <laughs> no, 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 no. Thought no. I was her favorite. No, 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 no. Nothing against you, but as far oh. as the characters in the podcast, I mean, oh, she okay. knows Joey. Well, that That's, was not. That's literally what she called you—a character, because no one believes you that that you're a real human. I'm actually Ray's other voice. <laughs> Scott's, my, Scott's my alter ego. They do never talk over each other. That's Stephanie, you better still have a picture of me on your fridge. <laughs> now we'll dive into our music review section, and we'll be talking about the new Balance and Composure record called Separation. Let's check a little bit of it out. Yeah, this is the band's debut full length on uh, some terrible label called No Sleep Records. Yeah, yawn. Yeah, I know. Um, they are from Doylestown, Pennsylvania. I got that right. You got this. Well done. I got I got it wrong. I called Title Fight from Doylestown. Oh, which is, criminal! Is, that is a no no. Uh oh. Um, They're like saying Silverstein's from Hamilton. Yeah, Burlington. Now we are from Burlington. I know. Yeah, that's okay. what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Right. Oh, Vermont slash nice Oakville. Yes, Oakville, Oakville proper. Home of Licks. I don't even want to talk about that. Let's talk about Licks. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, balance and composure. I don't know who to throw it to first. I always look at you, Joey. Right. I, but I don't want to start off. Billy. Uh, are, you, are you ready or you want me to, you well, want me to dive in? I, I really like the record. That's that's a good enough place to dive in. Okay, cool. I didn't want to I didn't want to like be the guy that like loves the record and then everyone's like, whoa, well, actually, no, yeah. uh, no, I really like the record. It's cool. Um, Did, were you a fan of them previously? Yeah, I was. I heard uh, I heard about them 
through just through some friends in the Philly area, and they actually went on tour with uh, with Bayside okay. um, and Title Fight yep. uh, recently, and I saw them in Toronto, and and uh, I had heard that um, the split they did with Tiger's Jaw at that point, and and really liked those songs. Um, I'd heard some older stuff they that they'd done, and it, it wasn't it was like you know not as good. Yeah, I'll say um, they had they had a, like a five song. EP yeah, they put right. Themselves like and that. but I really liked those four songs, and I was really. Uh, hoping that they would, you know, there would be more songs. So, you know, having a full length now sure. alone. Um, I think that the record sounds great. I think uh, Brian McTernan did a really good job. He did. Um, I think that the songs are really cool. I, uh, I There's a couple that stand out are really are really great. I think that the, that the record's just going to grow on me and I'm going to love it. It's going to yeah. be one of my top records of the year, I think. It's going to, that's, that is, that is some strong words. Yeah. But we like strong words. I think it's a great, I, I really, I really like this, like, resurgence of like kind of 90s post hardcore yeah. in these like young bands that are all 21 it's it's great totally true yeah i mean it's really I, it's really tough to obviously forecast trends and like right. figure out what will be popular but i could have never like looked back like five years ago and been like i think this is what's going to be popular it's like Never, never would I have predicted that. But never would I have predicted uh, our manager coming to me and saying, "Oh, you, you know, you should take this band on tour," and it be like a band that I would listen to, anyways. You know, <laughs> it's not, it's not a band with like seven bad haircuts, uh, right, and right. Three, three keyboardists and six guitar players. Yeah, right. you can never have enough keyboards. For three, ki- three kick drums. <laughs> just extra heavy. That's yeah, like, right. Joey, what, uh, what, what, your, what are your thoughts on the record? I liked it. I don't think I liked it as much as Billy. Okay, uh, I did enjoy it. Um, like pretty much, pretty much same. You know, I'm, I'm psyched that there's this style is kind of making a comeback because, like, like you said, it's yeah, never would have expected it. Um, old guy music, yeah, old guy music for young people. by young by young guys. Yeah. yeah, I guess my if I one thing, um, it's a very long record. Mm-hmm. I think it's like almost 49 minutes long, and for me, that's that's a record. Like, short, short. Joey has a short attention span. I did, I'm just kidding. No, I, when it comes to records, like it comes to a point where I'm just like, unless it's you know, clarity or something like that. Like, right. comes to a point where I'm just like, all right, moving on. So, I think the fact that every song is about four minutes long, it's just long. Yeah. It's not a bad thing. It's just a little long for me. Sure. But I enjoy it. That's, I what, she, that's what she said? Sure. Yeah. R.I.P. Michael Scott. I know. Um, oh, sorry. <laughs> uh, but no, I, I, I liked it. I liked it a lot. I think I'll grow to like it more. Sure. It's just, I think I'll have to listen to it in, in chunks. Yeah, yeah. You can't just. This isn't something you will listen to all the way through every single time you put it on. Yes, I'm gonna agree with you that I've been listening to like I'll get through like the first five songs and then yeah, have to go to do get, something. Like or, half time. Yeah, you right. Little break, drink, drink some beer, eat some right slices, that. and <laughs> jump back in. Stretch out a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> I want to pull a hammy. Uh, Scott, would you uh, care to uh, share your thoughts? I mean, you're you're you have to give it a good review. Um, I think I'm it's... just kidding. <laughs> Probably uh, a little less than how much Joey likes it. Yeah, we're just really this. This is why I didn't want to go first. No, I know you're um, fine. declining every time. No. Ray likes everything. I'm sure he'll yeah. give it a glowing okay. review. Don't worry. I will. <laughs> See, he's the Amp Magazine. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 I heard you 100%. say that once. That's great. It's so good. <laughs> so yeah, that's it. Eight out of ten. Yeah. Oh, it's long. Songs are long. Yeah. Um, I just I, I like. I mean, considering the fact that you didn't like the title fight record, and it reminded you of eighth grade. Yeah, um, this reminds me of like tenth grade. Okay, there, that yeah. I appreciate that because that that it really Some helps. Context, exactly. So when did you have purple hair then? Uh, 
ninth grade, and it wasn't purple. It was dark purple. Like you couldn't even tell unless you looked. So it's purple. Line. How was your wallet chain? Down to your ankle? That was such Knee? a lie because it was purely a functional wallet chain where the the chain went directly from my back belt strap directly into my pants. So if you, but you, you got even, a wallet or a chain extension to put it on your front loop though, right? So it could hang down a little. Absolutely not. Mm-hmm. It was purely fun. It had no aesthetic pleasure whatsoever. I went to school in a rough neighborhood and. Make sure Irvine stayed where it was. I had, a, I had a wallet chain. Mine was made out of white plastic garden fencing. Okay. Wow. Yeah. That's di- <laughs> DIY. Yeah. You got it from a hardware store, I'm sure. Oh no, I stole it from a fence. Oh not <laughs> like a garden fence. <laughs> <laughs> Literally the most practical oh, yeah. application. Oh yeah. I like grabbed it as I was walking to school and was like, I can wear this as a wallet chain. Yeah. Did you have one, Joey? Nope. And really? the raver kids Never were did. like me too. That's true. That's true. Yeah, yeah I had one. So, for so a back moment. to the review. Um, <laughs> You don't want a wallet chain hour? No, no. No. I wouldn't listen to it very often, but it, it's not bad when it comes on. Yeah. Sorry, Chris. No, Chris is okay. I, 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 Chris, I'm sure, was going to listen to this and be like, wow, Scott didn't kill the record. I hate everything. I know, it's true. And that's what hey, you know. Stephanie. That's what you're known <laughs> for in the podcast. <laughs> that's creepy. She is a boyfriend. I'm sorry. <laughs> and you have a girlfriend. I know. I don't, I don't know. I, it's like I just caught him in something. I know. I don't know why I said that. I apologize. I don't know what she looks like. <laughs> um, any other ladies? Yes, I know. Get Scott. Scott Bear. isn't single. Get in touch with Joy Ray. <laughs> we'll, we'll field your offers. <laughs> Hopefully, Jack goes the monorail. Yeah. Um, I I like this record more than all of you. Shocking. I'm wow. just going to say that. No, it's not shocking. No. Well, okay. If you reference my title fight review. This the balance of composure record kills it. I like this record way more than the title fight record. Um, it's going to be in my year end list, like no questions asked. Um, I, li- I, I I liken it to it gives me the same feeling as when I listen to Sunny Day Real Estate's The Rising Tide because a lot of people oh good yeah Comparison. a lot of people like had kind of written Sunny Day Real Estate off or just like eh whatever and then The Rising Tide came out I like that made me love the band even more and this record does that for me in balance and composure where it's just like it just yeah it blew my mind um i i can't disagree with the length of the record uh, i mean it is long but um yeah i just i i i love it i can't say higher things about it some people would say that's good value what's that long record is a good value it's true Top i mean it's, especially with these days of records that are getting shorter and shorter how long is your latest record it's 40 minutes yeah you're okay you're fine we're, 40 we're, minutes i think okay. is like that's the sweet spot. You get like seven bonus tracks when you buy the CD, though. Yeah, with your guys's. Yeah, really? Yeah, well, they, they don't mess around with bonus know, tracks. If people are gonna buy the CD, then we gotta give them the bonus tracks. Right. You know? I know. That's that. You you gotta encourage kids to buy the physical product. That's true. Yeah. Um. So yeah, star wise, Billy, what would you give the? Uh, I'm gonna give it a four out of five. You guys do have five, right? God, he's like he's done his homework. You're four out of five. Billy. Four, I've only four, heard what? Four stars. Four stars. Yes. Four stars. Four stars. Four stars. Joey? Uh, three and a half. Scott? Uh, a light three. Okay. I'm really glad that we threw a light or heavy in there. I, yeah. I'd give it a, a four and a half. It's not a perfect record, but... Trending to perfect? It could be. I mean, honestly, this could be... I don't think... I, there isn't a record that I've heard this year that it has got me so excited. All right, moving on to our next record. Uh, this is the uh, new Fleet Foxes called Helplessness Blues. Let's listen to a little bit of it. Sunlight over me no matter what I do Apples in the summer are cold and sweet Every day a passing complete 
All right, this is uh, the band's second full length on Sub Pop. Um, something interesting that I, I read about the band when doing some research is that they attribute directly their popularity to file sharing. They've been like, the only reason, I mean, the main reason that we're popular is because our first like five song EP, like that's what everybody did. Everyone just got it around for us and then we became popular and then obviously all the song placements and <laughs> everything else that the band has become known for um, has put them where they are now, but... The band is really popular. They're sold in Starbucks. They're kind of um, like the shins, the contemporary shins. Sure, sure. Like the shins of 2011, yes. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> very true. So yeah, this this record was uh, highly anticipated by everybody that is probably... I'd say by your mom, probably. I, exactly. I would say the sweet spot is between 35 and 45-year-olds that are obviously like still... Love NPR. Hit. <laughs> Definitely. All right, so Fleet Foxes. I'll start things off. Um, I... I like this record better than their last one. I only listened to about like three or four songs of the last one that really like stuck with me. The biggest comparison I can draw this to, like it really reminds me of like Brian Wilson's solo records, um, where it's just like it's very you know orchestral, eclectic. They've got a lot of stuff going on. They do have unique ideas from that standpoint. I would say scaled down though. Oh, muted. Well, I mean, have you you, you like Brian Wilson's solo stuff? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's probably it's probably not as expansive. I would agree with you on that. This band is totally vanilla for me, where it's like I listen to it and there's nothing offensive about it. So it's not like I would be like, "What the fuck is Fleet Foxes? This is horseshit." But it's right. it's really not anything that I'm like, you know, really going to get excited about. Kind of like Coldplay. Yeah, I would get. Well, I mean, I've I would go see Coldplay, whereas I don't think I would ever go out. You'd go see Coldplay now. I saw them. On the I saw them on their last tour. Yeah, I saw them on the tour sucked. before. I love that record. The, they dress up the Viva La Vida. Oh, Revolutionary awful. war costumes. And... Yeah, I really like that record. But I, I can see what you're saying, though. Like, whereas Coldplay, it's like, how, how do you get a reaction out of that? It's like, it's just nice music right. that's played. So that's... I'll, I'll hop in there. That's pretty much exactly what I would say. Yeah. It's nothing that I'll actively seek out, but if I need something to block out noise... <laughs> Put the headphones on and turn. Walk out. No. Foxes on. Like you're working in in a construction zone. Yeah, and if I happen to like look up and kind of listen to it, mm. it's not gonna be bad. Yeah. Find some hooks in there. Sure. There's hooks on this record. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it's very. <laughs> <laughs> I can put it on. Nice. I want to. I want to jump in before please. Joey. Uh, <laughs> please, please. Uh, I like. I like this kind of music a lot. I yeah. think my favorite record last year was that national record that came out, and oh, oh, very was, different. Very different. Well. I would, I mean, they're in the same family. Yeah. Same. Uh, I really like. I like the last Shins record that I get. No, get bet nobody likes. I like that record. Yeah, I like that record a lot. Uh, I like this kind of stuff a lot. I like the Brian Wilson reference. I, sure. But uh, yeah, I mean, the, the record didn't really do much for me. Yeah. Listened to it a couple times. I tried to listen to it last night before going to sleep, and it was very pleasant to go to sleep to. Sure. So uh, I didn't really make it that far into it, though. Yeah. Uh, Can't tell if it's like. For well, that's the thing. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's like it was nice. It was you know nice kind of background music. I fell asleep. You know, well, I I'm not really saying it was boring, but um, but it you know it it's cool. I I I listened to it again today a couple times. I like the uh, title track was was really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I I I want to say that I like it a lot better than that last Band of Horses record. Okay, that I didn't like at all. Joey may fight um, you. 
Um, yeah. Oh, wow. Uh, the National was my favorite record of last year. The Band okay. of Horses was my second favorite record. Okay, yeah. See, I, I couldn't stand that oh, Band of Horses it. record. Love and it. I saw them live and, and was really, it was really upsetting. It didn't convince you otherwise. <laughs> yeah, I was really mad. Um, so, yeah, I, I like this better so far than the Band of Horses record. It doesn't touch the National record. doesn't touch oh, the yeah. Brian Wilson solo stuff. It's uh, it's okay. Yeah, I, I agree. I can't wait to hear what you no, say, Joey. I genuinely like the first record huh. uh, a lot, and I was actually anticipating this, and I was pretty excited. Oh, okay. I was very disappointed. It, to me, is just parts. Like, I don't hear songs. It's the Dillinger like, Escape Plan of the indie world. But I like Dillinger Escape Plan. Like, I know. The, That's not fair, because Dillinger yeah. writes songs. Like, <laughs> to me, like, this isn't a record. This is song after song after song. There are two songs that I actually made note of that I did enjoy. Okay. Uh, Lorelei, and there's a song towards the end called The Shine slash An Argument, which is like okay. eight minutes long. Those two songs are really cool, but if I were to put this on my iPod, I probably, which I did, but I would probably only put a handful of songs. I was really bummed out. I thought, I don't know. It. I always lump them in with bands like Band Horses and like those kinds of bands, yeah. and to me, this just took them on a whole other level that I don't see myself ever listening to this. I personally was a little bit disappointed when that Lorelei song came on and it wasn't a Comeback Kid cover. <laughs> that, <laughs> I, I, that's what I wonder. I wonder if, like, because obviously we all pay attention to music that is heavy and like Fleet Foxes, but it's like, do you think that stuff pops in the, up on their radar at all? No. no. no I mean, obviously yeah. it doesn't. Hardcore kids listen to music like Fleet Foxes. Right. People in Fleet Foxes right. probably don't listen to hardcore. <laughs> no. I, I didn't think that the record was a big departure from the previous. I, it that, just it kind of went. It just sounded like the previous record it, with a bigger budget. I that's what I mean. I, I could see what you're saying, but that's what I I did, I literally had to check at one point that the record didn't like. I wasn't did I, did I fuck up and play the first one. See oh. to me like it's maybe departure was the wrong word. Like they were uh, progressing. Okay. But to me, in a way, like a weird, like a weirder, weirder side. Yeah. Like, I, I don't want to say like a weirder, like hippier side. Sure. But there seems to be a couple of those like long kind of eight minute songs on the record. And I definitely skipped through a few. But see, the, that, the one song that the shine and yeah, and I didn't make it to like, that, that song is very cool. Um, I don't, it was just like every song I kept like waiting for it to kick in and like, not, I guess not kick in and like, right, just really just like, amp you up, but just like <laughs> get to a, get me somewhere. Sure. It was just like, okay, okay. Oh, song's over. Okay. Yeah. And then just every song was like that. Sure. So. Yeah. Oh, well. Oh, well. I like the first record. There you go. You can still buy it at Starbucks. <laughs> uh, do they accept the card? They do. I oh. think they accept the card. Okay. <laughs> I've never tried to buy a record. Do you get a star when you buy a record? Uh, I think you would. Yeah. Is it just by transaction? I think yeah. it is by transaction, right. no matter what you buy in there. I mean, I've never bought a record from... I need, I'm going to need help um, adding money to my card, because I don't know how to do that on my phone. You can do it Dude, on, oh, you yeah. can get it. You get the app, bro. I have the Dude, app, but oh, I, don't, okay. I haven't figured out how to do oh, it. Oh, no, you just got to put your credit card in there, and you then you press a button. Oh, I got oh, go to register. Dude, first, yeah. I honestly blow people's minds when I do that. They're you like, showed it to me, and I'm, I had a gift card. The like iPhone, they scan it. Yeah. I got Our merch guy loves that one, yeah. It doesn't work in your... What do you mean? Oh, it doesn't register? Oh, because you order water. I weird drink. Yeah. I don't order water. How dare you? Scott's... I don't know if he gets this anymore because the last time he got it, he threw up. Um, <laughs> but I was with him. But he used to get a large cup of water with a shot of espresso in it, and that's it. Decaf. Decaf espresso. Okay. Is that... Doesn't it, I mean, it's fantastic. How much did that cost you? 
Uh, there is no fixed price, so it's anywhere between $1.75 and there 50 cents. Is, there is no <laughs> fixed price. They look either like, it's grab bag. why are you ordering well, dirt, so th- dirt water? What you're saying is that is that they're either going to charge you $1.75 for the shot, and then you get the cup of water for free, right. or they charge you nothing for the cup of water, and then you add a shot, which is only 50 cents. Exactly. That's brilliant. That is brilliant. And true. you know what? If you register a Starbucks card, the extra shot is free. Ooh. So you could potentially be getting a free drink. And it's all in the wording, how you order it. I'm yeah, still, of course. Every time I'm tweaking it and trying to get them to do the ad shot. So it's usually a venti ice water with an ad shot of decaf espresso. Some of them are tricky. And they yeah, know what right. I'm doing. Yeah, they're <laughs> like, are you homeless? Yeah. How about you order a drink? <laughs> <laughs> See, I've tried. I've tried to do that as well, where I get um, just like a, I just get an iced espresso, uh, and then I I add syrup and I add uh, soy milk because these are the things they try to charge you like fifty cents or a dollar right. for. But when you, then you swipe the card and it takes away those prices. Yeah. So then I'm just paying two dollars for like a, a, a iced latte or whatever yeah. that that would cost six or whatever. Sure, sure. Yeah. That may, that, that's good. Wow. There's a way to work yeah. the system. This yeah. is gonna hurt our Starbucks sponsorship, but good call. Yeah. Oh, I. <laughs> no, I think we'll still be okay. Okay. Phil Schiller or whatever the <laughs> Phil Schiller. Howard can, Schultz. Howard Schultz. Yeah. Phil uh, Schiller's the apple. I know. I don't. I got those. Well, they're also a sponsor, so. <laughs> Hey, little, little, little do they know. <laughs> I hope, Steve, hope he's feeling all right. Yeah. Uh, Star Wise and Flea Foxes, I'd give it a two and a half. Scott, where would you be? I'd give it a three. It's not bad to listen to. Okay, Billy? Yeah, I'm, I'm two and a half. Your girlfriend would probably love it. It's true. I mean, it's a, it's a record that you can put on. It's total background noise. Like if you're on your first date or whatever. Yeah. And you want to like, you know, be okay. Or like show show that's like, oh yeah, I got the new Fleet Foxes. You're like, ooh, hey, he's cultured. Even though you really want to be listened to Comeback Kid or whatever. Yeah. Joey, Star Wars? I'd give it a two. Okay. <laughs> that's that's okay. Yeah. I've heard worse. <laughs> yeah, you've heard worse, like a lot of the records like that we've reviewed in the Scott, past. Everything Scott gives us. <laughs> Not as good as the new Manchester Orchestra, let me tell you. Uh, no. Well, uh, we're moving on to the last review. Uh, we're going to talk about the foundation record called When the Smoke Clears. This is the uh, band's first full length on the illustrious Bridge Nine Records. Uh, Hi, Stephanie. I know. <laughs> they are from the Atlanta, Georgia area and uh, have been making some waves within the, the HXC scene, as it were, lighting up some message board talk. I hope Ray doesn't say that again. <laughs> what, HXC? Yeah. I have a tattoo of that You're on my back. You're embarrassing me. What? That's, what? that's what parents call hardcore, right? <sighs> my mom called it a cult. Cult? She saw that straight edge documentary and ah. she almost told me to drink a beer. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Joey, let's start things off. I've been a fan of the band. I'm currently still a fan of the band. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I've been a fan of the band up until this point. Uh, I really like the record. Um, it's kind of been, seems like a long time coming. But, yeah. Um, but it was, uh, it was very good. Cause they, for, I mean, they formed like 2000. They've been a band for a while, but they've done, you know, what? 
three seven inches, a yeah. split seven inch. Yep. Um, so they, you know they've got some material out there, but this record's great. I think they're a band that, to me, you know, does the mid '90s hardcore, which I love, mm-hmm. and I think they do it well. And it's, dare dare I say metalcore? There's, but to me, I wouldn't say metalcore. I know. I mean, it's, it's not that like mid '90s like trial and decision. Like, right, where it's like you know metal influenced, but right. Um, I, I mean, it's not like it's more like indecision than obviously like torn apart. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, but I think it's cool that there's a band doing something like that because there's not a lot of bands doing that sound. Besides Silverstein, besides Silverstein, <laughs> it was funny. I listened to it. I was like, this sounds like Silverstein. <laughs> um, but no, it's a great record. Um, yeah, and I like that they're a straight edge band. Yes, so. unapologetic about that. Yes. There are not enough bands that do that this, these days, so it's true. Um, yeah, uh, Billy, I know you didn't have a ton of time to spend with this record. Uh, no, you I kinda... spent. A, I spent. You know, I got through a couple songs. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, I I liked it. I I don't think it's a record that I would buy. I don't think it's a band that I would go. You know, purposely go to see that band. But I, you know, if they were playing in Toronto and there was a show, I would go. You know, and I would see right. them and I would enjoy it and. I don't think it's a record I would really listen to, um, but it, it reminds me, of, yeah, like, you know, Buried Alive and a lot of that. I probably would have loved it then. Right. Um, but now I'd say they're not, in 2011, they're not really the, the type of hardcore band that I care about. Mm-hmm. And uh, that doesn't mean it's a bad record by any means. Uh, it's just not something that you It's just not really for me, yeah. Right. Right. Uh, but, I, but I did enjoy it, and I, th- I thought that the, the riffs were heavy. I thought that the uh, the production sounded cool. The uh, the vocals were like a little bit uh, kind of not for me. Is like uh, I I don't really dig that kind of real gruff, tough hardcore vocal. They are unique. Like yeah, he. It's like it's weird because it's like I could tell that he could scream if he wants to, but then it's like that. It's just that weird like shout. But I like it because you can actually understand. It's true. You'll enjoy it more in the live environment than right. you would of on course. record. Of course. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, as far as uh, as far as the record goes, yeah, there's there's Bridge Nine has put out a lot of stuff in the last couple of years that I've really enjoyed. Hmm. Uh, the, you know, like have heart verse that kind of stuff. Right. But this, I don't think, is something that I would pick up. Sure. On my own. Um, Scott, any any real interest in the record at all? I None. yeah. <laughs> I I, I kind of figured that this wouldn't really be uh, yeah, not up my alley. flipping switches. I'm sure, it's fun to listen to. If right. <laughs> sure. Did you say, Scott, that this is something you would have listened to back in high school, but right now it's just not your thing? It's okay? Uh, probably not even in high school. Uh, eighth grade? No, no. No, that's okay. Title Fight. That's like Unwritten Law. That's good. Oh, unwritten Law. Crazy awesome. Poway Kids. <laughs> yeah. Great song. It's, it is. That's yeah. like seventh grade. I don't know. Eighth grade. Was, eighth grade is like fat records. Yeah, that's okay. That's part part of the same crew. I was like scared when I was listening to this record. Yeah, <laughs> I was scared. <laughs> you were you, you thought the singer may beat you up at some point. Yeah, like I didn't want to say anything bad. Like, right. I'm sure, they're good guys. I love the record. Please don't beat me <laughs> up. Right, 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 right. Well, I mean, fortunately, they're not like. Uh, I did just read the Navy Seal book, so I'm prepared. Yeah, no, you. That's that's very true. Mentally, pretty yeah, sure. Yeah. Well, maybe maybe they can challenge you just at some point. Just they're just, gonna be out here. Uh, I think in a week and a half, Scott. Um, yeah. we'll I'll bring them over. We can maybe you, just you like, can talk. We'll play chess. Just some simple training, or maybe you can try out some of your MMA skills. Yeah, the Rhino. Watch out. Yeah, yeah. So try the Rhino's charging hold. at you. Tell me, tell me about this band. Who are these people? Do you know anything about? 
Joey probably knows more about them what as do, people. What do they do? What are their day jobs? I, they live in Atlanta. I don't know what their day jobs are. Yeah. They're all incredibly nice. Professional hardcore kids. Yeah, they're they're amazing. Older, younger. They're older, older than me. No, are they older than your <laughs> average? Like older aver- than me? They're probably around. I think mid twenties, okay. mid 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 to late twenties, maybe. Yeah. Awesome dudes. I like hanging out with them. Good dudes. They have good re- dudes. Backed hard. They have really. Uh, <laughs> What it's so funny because I latch on to really little things when it comes to like hardcore bands. It's like if a band does something like remotely cool that's like unique. Foundation had a series of these like photo shirts where it was like the photographer Matt Miller that's from the Atlanta area, amazing yeah. photographer. Basically, he did these shirts for them where it was like I don't know, like five or six shirts. Really cool, iconic live photo of the band, and then it just had like Foundation on the back with a, like a little quote from the band. Black and white. Uh, no, like the, usually well, the, sleeve, black, black and white print. Per, yeah. But was there know. a quote on the sleeve? There was no quote in the sleeve. Oh, okay. I, was hoping for I know that would be even more crucial, but it was just, it was one of those things. <laughs> I first saw a shirt of theirs and it just had like the guitarist hand like X'd up or whatever. And then it was like on the back, it said like, this is war. And it was just, I saw it and I was, was like, I wearing it. No, you weren't. No. I just saw it online and I was like, that's really cool. And then they started to put more out and I was like, and like, it's so stupid that merch sells you on a band, but I was like. That's cool. It's not your typical varsity well, it's lettering. So, it's so easy to do generic hardcore merch, right. and when a band actually takes the, passion, the time, right? Not the fashion. No, I know. And like I said, I, I feel. Got it out there. Yeah. Good yeah. job. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, I feel stupid. But that—that's like what made me pay attention to them. And then once I started to like peel away a few of the layers, that's when I was like, "This band is really cool." Like I get it. Yeah. But that's an art. You know, that's an art piece, and that right. has something to do with. It's not necessarily the fashion. It's right. You know, that's why I like Joy Division. So like. Yeah. Yeah. Easy to rip off. <laughs> Call what you will. Yeah, aesthetically. No, no, I'm saying like why people look to them for inspiration, like aesthetically, because and it's still their first record. Yeah. What? But um, Silverstein going to take them out? World tour? I don't know about on foundation. I don't know about foundation. Silverstein and foundation that may not go over very well. Maybe balance and composure. I'm just, I'm just yeah. throwing <laughs> ideas out there. You know? I know. Maybe you take should just you just manage bands. Yeah. Um, you see new manager? <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Carl. Yeah. <laughs> The uh, I liked the record. I was bummed. There's two songs from their very first seven inch on here. Yes, which, I, like, like you were saying, it took a long time for a band to put out their first full length, and it's like really like two. I mean, for a person that's followed yeah, the band for one minute songs. Yeah, no, I mean they're like two and a half minute songs, but it's just like why why wait like five years to put out a record and then just put out two of the same and those, songs and yeah. those songs like you know they've been a part of their set forever and they are really fucking. But that good. record's been out of print for a while too. So. It's true. So I mean, people. And again, this is it's like total nitpicky, like, oh, it's off their demo. Why are they re recording? It sounds like it sounds stupid saying it, but You're so stupid. I know, I'm so it. I'm so dumb. But yeah, so that was the only thing that kinda took I was like, Oh man, that's kind of a bummer. I wanted all new songs or whatever. But the first song is absolutely incredible. It's awesome. The rest of the record definitely like songs like whatever, two through like five are kinda unmemorable. Um, but then the rest of the record kinda picks up. Um, I wanted to like this a lot more. But I didn't, <laughs> so it was it was okay. It was definitely, it definitely doesn't hit me in ways like you were saying, like a lot of the other Bridge Nine stuff, like you know your half heart records and that type of stuff. But um, I still, like Joey said, you know I'll I'll, I'll support the band and, and love the band regardless of you know how if they're re recording two songs from the first seven inch. <laughs> right. uh, Starwise, Joey, I'd give it four stars. Okay, Billy, I'm gonna go with three. Okay. Scott, Null. Null. Yeah. 
I give it a uh, I give it a three and a half. Could trend to a four, but a three and a half is is solid enough for me. So, bitching. All right. Wait, before you pause it, are you getting a pause it? Yep. Can we uh, get a follow up to of Ray's regrets? Oh sure, sure. <laughs> yeah, we can. Billy, for uh, the if you weren't aware, this is actually a, a reoccurring segment of uh, updates well, of he's me not and aware my child. The only episode. Congratulations, by the way. Oh, that's true. Yeah, you wouldn't thank you. I, I didn't have. That. I didn't have a moment to. No, I think I, I got. I think I got you on Facebook or something. You did. You hit me on Facebook. I appreciate yeah. that. Uh, so the update on my kid. Raise regrets. Keep it short. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I know two sentences. I understand. You can. You can be a dick about it if you want, Scott. Um, oh, he, oh yeah. Wait, do we only give you one one sentence, then an asterisk with two sentences? Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll keep it short. He uh, he's crying more, but he's sleeping more. So it's cool. Okay. Um, it's just still f- so weird to watch this little guy that is so demanding. You're like, dude, what what else do you want? Yeah. But then he just, you know, does something cute and you're like, you're fucking cool. You're cool, dude. <laughs> Whatever. You can yell at me for another two days. That's fine. So no no regrets still. Sorry, guys. Cool. This has sure. been a week two of Razor Regrets. Moving yeah, on. Moving on. Now we are on to our, I, I don't know what to call this, just like an ever-probing interview. Probe. Probe, yeah. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, no, we're on to our interview portion of the show with uh, our guest, Billy Hamilton. Hi. Oh, Toronto, Canada. Yes. Bill, is there former ever call you employ- William? Former employee of Licks. Really? Oh, you, oh, shit, yeah. I never knew you worked at Licks. Oh, I, I worked at Licks. Let's what talk. Licks. <laughs> All right, truth zone. <laughs> Veggie burgers. Oh, not, yeah. Not vegetarian, right? Oh, absolutely vegetarian. Okay. Yeah. You know what? They weren't vegan at first, uh, but are the licks that I worked at, my my dear, dear friend, Stacey Norton of 16 years, uh, was vegan, and she's like, what is this bullshit? There's like Worcestershire sauce or whatever in here. Uh, I guess, I guess yeah, that's not vegetarian. So they weren't vegetarian oh. for like the first couple of years, oh. but then like in, when you guys had them, they were, they were, they changed them. God Damn, those are good. Yeah, fill me in. Yeah, Scott. McDonald's. Li- well, Lick's kind of the In-N-Out Burger of Southern Ontario. Totally. Um, Couldn't but, have said it better. But it's like you know, like a '50s diner kind of style. Um, mm-hmm. They do, they do you know home cooked. They're called home burgers, and they you know they used to make everything in house, uh, but they've gone to the the frozen route okay. in the last few years. It's kind are, of are they it's getting kind more, of declined? Are they getting more popular? Or is it kind of just I mean, they went. They went. The more they, they started putting the product into grocery stores, and uh, uh, yeah. and then at that point, they're like, "Well, if we're making them and freezing them for grocery stores, then like we should just send them to the stores frozen." Yes. But they used to like my brother used to be the guy that like made the burgers in the back, like doing the prep Scott, work or whatever. The, their veggie burger is yeah, yeah. out of it's this unbelievable. World. It's, yeah, are it's, there a lot of these places? There's like um, there's a handful of them. Like I mean, there's. Uh, there's three in Oakville. There's like two or three in Hamilton. There's uh, there's two in Burlington now. Yeah, um, it's, it's like In and Out. Yeah, I mean it's sp- they're like sprinkled. Not as not as mu- there's not as many as In and Out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's it's spectacular. It's more like Five Guys or like one of those kind of yeah. small like good, yeah. Good comparison. Good yeah. comparison. Do they have veggie burgers there? No, no. Not, but I thought 
Which is funny because Phil Mickelson. Phil Mickelson well, I heard they were going to get Veggie Burger soon yeah. because he's like, I mean, he owns it and he's yeah, he's vegetarian, right? He he was vegan, scaled back to vegetarian. But Loser. I know he's Did a failure. Him Chipotle. and Natalie Portman. We uh, yeah, we just got our first Chipotle uh, in Toronto. I hate Chipotle. What? What? I hate it. Criminal. The this interview's races, over. The rice is terrible. Get no rice. Yeah. I get no rice, and it's the, fantastic. Uh, Chipotle is the like um, as a vegan. Chipotle oh. is like they're burrito tax man like you pay the same amount for less stuff it's five dollars yeah but it's five dollars for like like shitty white cilantro rice with like I'll, I'll take like i'll take like moe's or i'll take uh moe's is good uh what's what's another burrito uh chain that i like i'm trying to think uh i'll, I'll take pretty about. much any of them over i do not go to chipotle i yeah I have you ever it. got it without the rice because i hated chipotle until i got i don't like the rice. i don't really really like the beans either oh, i started getting i, the, the, I started getting the tacos because like a li- you, there's not too much it's, it's always too much food too i started yeah, getting the the um the black bean tacos with like the guacamole is really good at chipotle so yeah. but now i just you know I'm fair just, enough then i hate chipotle yeah, it's okay and, and I feel I feel like people uh, I kind of like classify people on like how much they like Chipotle because I <laughs> especially people who tour because people who are like get to a town it's like oh where's the nearest Chipotle it's well, like I mean, haven't they don't try they something local do a thing where they can give band they'll give touring bands free burritos I don't know about that Taco Bell did that yeah, we got feed we, the, feed the beer. we got we got the Taco Bell docs there was a thing yeah. where you could. If you were a touring band and you could prove you were a touring band, Chipotle would give you free food. Wow. Wow. So okay. I th- well, they probably—I imagine they I'm, probably don't do that anymore. Things are changing. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I yeah. we we got one in like the center of Toronto, like in our like Times Square kind of area, and uh, everyone went nuts over it, and I hate it. And one of my best friends, actually, a little plug here, uh, just opened a vegan taco place in Toronto, and I eat there like twice a day, like <laughs> six nice. times a week. What's it called? Uh, it's called Hot Beans. Follow them on Twitter, Hot Beans Vegan. Nice. Uh, Woody Harrelson went recently. Nice. Uh, yeah, they're get they're getting a good buzz. So nice. I I eat Mexican food pretty much every day when I'm at home, and Chipotle never crosses my mind. Are you well, gonna, I mean, are you I, eat Mexican food while you're here in Southern California. I've been eating a lot of it. Uh, see, real Mexican food is tough when you're vegan too, because like a lot of the 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 beans are. Yeah, they don't split yeah. the details. No, they don't. So, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I had some Taco Cabana when I was in Texas. That's a good. Uh, it's Authentic good, Mexican. It's a good style. chain. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I've had that before. Have um, you been to uh, Taco Loco by the beach? Yes, I have. Yeah. In uh, Laguna Beach. Yep. Yeah, yeah, I have been there. It is really good. Yeah, B- Billy is definitely a connoisseur of all the, the, the vegan hotspots. Yeah, that's for sure. Pretty much food anywhere. Yeah, food in general. Would you guys want to start this interview? Yeah, what, where were we going? We, we were talking about lips, that, and then that, we went that was, that was literally the best intro we've <laughs> ever done. That was so good. We can do food talk. Yeah. That's oh, the, that's a, I know it's a separate podcast. It's cool. That's spectacular. So Billy, thank you again for taking the time to do this. Thanks for having me. Of course. Um, so yeah, you got Silverstein. Eleven years as a band. Yep. You guys haven't changed any members besides like the very first guitar. very first guitar player. Like played ten shows. Right. Went to school. It doesn't count. Doesn't I mean, count. great guy. Still a great friend. He's living in Copenhagen now, doing his like PhD or something. Yeah. Wow. Really smart guy. He made it be- all over the world. Made a better choice than you guys. It's true. Right. <laughs> he's been he's been all the places that we've been touring. He's been to like work and go to school. So he was living in Australia for a bit. He was uh, been all over Europe. He's, sure. He went to school in England for a little while. He's he's killing it. Yeah. He's yeah. He's, he's done all right. Yeah. Um. But how, like, how do you do that? That's that's really hard to do because I mean, no matter what, I mean, bands that have gone through everything that you guys have done, from all the records you've done, living through all the trends you guys have 
lived through where it's like you've still stayed true to what Silverstein sounds like, but obviously evolved. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's hard I, I to say. Like, I don't know how you do that. <laughs> I don't really know how we do it either. Okay. I think um, something that I was thinking about recently is like we all kind of uh, we all kind of have our own lives when we go home. Um, and I know a big thing for me personally is, uh, it, you know, it got to a point in like 2005 or 2006 after like touring for a couple years and like being in the band for five years and we we're all living in the same small town, uh, where I was just like, I got to get out of here. I got to get away from, you know, the people that I'm, the thing too is that our, our crew are our friends at home. Right. So, you know, we've been touring with the same people and the same 10 guys and, you know, uh, the same band members and it was like. I got home and it was like, okay, I got to get me out of here. So, uh, you know, I moved into the city in Toronto and I think just having that once we get home, we all kind of have our, you know, we, we don't get home and be like, oh, we're best friends, you know, bands. Yeah. I think too many bands like try to portray that like as like, oh yeah, we tour and then all we do is hang out when we're at home. It's like, well, when we're at home, we do our own thing and right. we have our own friends and we, we hang out on our own, you know, we, we have our own lives. So I think that kind of helps. That's yeah. probably yeah. I mean, that's probably and, and, and I mean, I think something from the from the beginning that like we always went in, um, at, from like a band standpoint, and like our motto was always like, not you know, no expectations. Um, whether it was like playing a show and being like, oh, you know, like we're gonna drive up to Montreal and like you know maybe we'll play for fifty kids and maybe we'll play for five hundred kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, if we expect there to be five hundred kids and we show up and there's two hundred kids, then we're bummed. Sure, but if we don't expect there to be anyone or if we expect them to be 50 kids or whatever and then there's 200 kids then we're like wow there's 200 kids here right. you know so we've kind of taken that you're, you're, you're always setting the bar low yeah right <laughs> well no, it sounds bad but not, not even know, not I even know. setting the bar you know right, like, right, right. like no get there rid of the bar. No bar there is no bar uh, has it been hard to maintain that attitude is yeah. getting to the point now where yeah I, I think that um, you know uh, a good like six or seven years into the band once we'd started doing records and doing uh, doing tours and people started giving us expectations and saying like, oh, your new record's going to come out. It should do this amount. Or, yeah. oh, oh, you just did a headline tour. Oh, you're going to do another one. Oh, there was 1,200 kids at this show. Oh, there's going to be 2,000 kids at this show. Once people start putting those, you know, those kind of expectations in your mind, that's when you kind of go, oh, well, if there's not, then I'm going to be disappointed. That's what we deserve. Yeah, right, right exactly. Right. So, uh, and I think that we've gone back to that mentality with the, you know, we, we've, uh, we're putting on our fifth record now. We're on a new record label. Um, we're kind of having this, you know, breath of fresh air of touring and and uh, not having those expectations and not having, uh, you know, people trying to sell you and saying like this is what you should be doing or what yeah. you know. We're just this, you know, this is who we are and this is what we love to do and we're gonna go out and do it as much as we can while we're enjoying it, you know. Right. That that makes a lot of sense. So, so we're all familiar with the horror stories of Victory Records. Okay. Um, tell me about your experience. Um, or I was I was gonna leave uh, similar to similar, similar okay. to that. I was just gonna I was gonna say rather that because I mean a lot of people do know Victory Records. I mean Silverstein from my perspective always had a relatively good relationship with Victory. Yeah. Don't put words in his mouth, right? <laughs> no, I mean I I mean well, a lot of bands are like really outspoken about it. And right. Silverstein is a band that I never heard. You know. Whether good thoughts or bad, you never heard like, you know. right? Yeah, we we've definitely always had a a great relationship with with Victory. We've always had a really personal relationship with Tony, um, and 
the people that work there, like we've, we've talked about Stephanie Marlowe yeah. many times, like Stephanie Marlowe is like, she's like my sister because when we, when we started, uh, when we were signed to victory, we would like go to Chicago and she would like, you know, let us stay at her house and like show us around. And like, and those are the kind of relationships that we had with victory early on. And, um, it was because of those relationships that we were successful because we had these like close personal relationships with everyone. And these people were like our friends that wanted to, wanted to work for our band. And I think that once we, uh, you know, certain people left the label and like once, you know, once they started bringing in new staff, it's like, we don't have, you can't kind of like make those relationships every six months. And that's something that like, everyone kind of knows the victory is they've had this huge turnover of staff. And like that, that was a big thing for us, I think is like, you know, you come back and you have to learn another six people's names. And, uh, and I mean like that, that was like, that was really tough. And, and the thing with Tony is we've always kind of, we've always stayed on his side, like as a personal, you know, relationship with him. And, um, you know, we never, when we did have managers, we didn't really, we would talk to him. We wouldn't really let the manager talk to him. And, and that was always really good for us. And we were really successful having that kind of relationship with Tony and with victory. And, um, yeah, yeah I mean, like we, we, we signed a contract with them and we fulfilled our contract and they did a lot of great things for us. They sold a lot of records for us and they made our band successful more than we could ever imagine. So there's, that's, you know what I mean? It's like, no, there's, I mean, cause there's a lot, there's like a lot of bad things that people can say about victory, of but those, like they did a lot of great things for us. Sure. And a lot of, honestly, a lot, you hit on what I saw because I've had so many friends go through the victory system as it were. Right. The moment that the relationship sours with the label is when the wedge is placed in there where yep. it's like, manager, you're talking to Tony. We don't want to deal with him anymore. Tony already has a preconceived notions of what managers are trying to accomplish because it's their job. They're yep. always trying to get the most out of the label, et cetera, et cetera. So once that's put in there, that's when it's like, well, fuck you. I'm not doing this. And that's when right, everything right. spirals out of control. But the fact that you guys tried to toe that line where it's like, mm -hmm. even though we have a manager we still talk to Tony and we still yeah, talk right. to the label and that's, that's, I mean, that's how you guys have been able to, you know, I mean, there's very few bands that have been able to live through and fulfill their contract with victory. It's honestly, you guys between the buried and me and I mean, other bands moved on, but got bought out and did yeah, right, right. terrible things afterwards. Yeah. Was that a conscious decision? Cause you knew the downfalls of, yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah. I think that, uh, we saw, um, other bands, uh, I'd say most specifically Hawthorne Heights, like oh, yeah. came, came up, like we took them on our, on their first tour ever. And then all of a sudden they were massive and they took us on tour. And then next thing you know, there's this huge lawsuit and there's like millions of records sold and millions of dollars owed and all this stuff. And we're just like, okay, like, you know, do your thing guys. And they, you know, they shot themselves in the foot in many ways. And I, I think they'll, they'll admit that, uh, and yeah, their, their, their band was no longer a priority for the label. And kids moved on you know yeah um and that was something we you know we kind of said like oh well you know we're gonna we've signed this contract we're gonna live up to it we're not gonna try and whine our way out of it or anything and we did that and then at the end of it you know we we uh we weren't like jumping up and down to re-sign with victory but we we were considering it like that you know they made an offer and we considered the offer it was a really good offer and uh and yeah we uh tony actually we, we put out a dvd like uh, we really wanted to do this and it was pretty impossible to do it, you know, without working with victory. And so we we're like, Tony, we want to do this DVD with the, 
play all the all four records four sh- over four shows in Toronto and film it all and put it a DVD and he was stoked on it and he actually came to the show and was like in the pit and it was like <laughs> and seriously and it was like and at this point we had like you know we had already kind of started like you know he he had sent us you know uh, some negotiation kind of things for wanting us, us to resign and we were just kind of like you know like let, let us do this like we'll talk about the business stuff later and uh, and we weren't really sure if we were like on good terms with him or whatever. And he came up and he was like so stoked. He's like <laughs> singing along, and it was like you know what? That's the that's the fucking dude that like that signed us and made our band what we become. Why you could you know? do these shows sure. in the first place? Yeah, right. So so we we have like so much respect for Tony and for Victory for what they've done for us. But at the same time too, there, it wasn't you know everyone's heard the horror stories. It wasn't the greatest business relationship, and. Uh, and you know we've moved on to a different label, and we were you know it's like you 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 come to the end of things, and it's like you know we did, we weren't gonna jump back into that and resign and like try and do it all over again. It's like well we'll you know we'll go somewhere else and we'll work with some other people. That's not saying that Hopeless Records or any other labels we talk to are better than Victory or whatever. It's just you know we're new experience, yeah. right? It's and like you guys the thing you guys kept your head down and you just worked on the band as opposed to working on things that you know could potentially like you said bring the band down right like you know like we've seen so many other bands kind of go through so absolutely um i've always found this really interesting with bands especially from canada and especially citing like alexis on fire where it's like alexis on fire has never become popular in the united states of america Mm -hmm. you guys became more popular in the states and in canada it was really tough for you guys to break in up there yeah we didn't do a canadian tour until we didn't we didn't play western canada until 2006 uh and we were six six years years after being a band and this is three years after putting out a record on victory um which is crazy we just we just never did it what happened was we we signed a victory and we did tours in the states and the tours in the states kept coming in and the tours in canada didn't so we were like well we could turn down this tour or we could go on tour in the States. And we went on tour in the States and we started doing well. And, um, I think it, it, uh, yeah, like the, the, the way that Canada works is that there's like, you know, there's a, a whole industry on its own and, and labels in, in the States don't care about Canada right. and labels in Canada don't understand the States and, uh, bands will get big and get signed in Canada and have no idea of what to do in the States. Right. And, um, labels like a record will come out just in Canada and then like not even come out in the States and like bands will be on the radio and be massive. And then like, even like, like Alexis does pretty well here, but like, and even like the polarizing, uh, example of that, like Billy talent sells out arenas, like 20,000 tickets. And then they'll come and play like the troubadour and like not, not sell it out, you know, which is crazy. And they'll, they'll do arenas. Like we did an arena tour with them in Germany and like, They'll headline festivals in Germany and in Australia and all across Europe, and then in the States they'll they'll play to four hundred kids in New York City. It's like, just and it's like you literally driving like you know sometimes it's as obvious as like driving across the border, like yeah. going from like Buffalo to Toronto. You're like, dude, it's like two and a half hours, and you're talking about like four or five hundred kids swing difference, yeah. and it's like, how does that happen? It's, yeah. it's just so it's always perplexed me, and you know I just I, I found it interesting that you guys obviously did it where it was like, all right, we're just hitting the States. And like you said, the offers kept coming in. Yeah. And I mean, and then eventually Canada, Canada caught on, you know, we did, uh, we, the first tour we did across Canada was, uh, with taste of chaos. And we were like, we were just put on, um, opening and it was like the year the Deftones and thrice and Thursday did it. And I'll trade you, I think. Mm. And, uh, 
we took over for like funeral for a friend or something. And uh, I remember like the first day we like gave them the like numbers we sold in merch and they like, they were like, Oh what? Like, like hundred. And we're like, no, like, like thousand. And they're like, Oh, you like sold more merch than the Deftones. Like, like it's like, well, yeah, it's our, we're Canadian band and this is our first time <laughs> playing Edmonton. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> people have wanted to see us apparently for a yeah. while. So, so that tour was awesome for us. And then like, since then, like Canada has been, we do just as well. And now we've signed to a Canadian label and we, we are kind of, uh, we're allowed to get grants from the government, like all those oh, bands. Yeah. Yeah. Stuff, yeah. Oh, it's, it's, it, there's a big long process to it, but basically there's like, there's a uh, factor grant. Yeah. There's, yep. the, there's factor grants and there's star maker and there's video fact and there's all these crazy grants where the, the, uh, arts council of Canada has all this money to give to bands. If you have, if you have Scott, you remember the band birthday track that was on Abacus recordings, correct? Yes, you do. Yeah. Yes. Well, anyways, they it was very, well. He might, that was before Scott. I don't know. Well, whatever. This band, the Ray Harkins A and R Sensation, Brain yeah. the Eight Track. I did not sign the band. Just gonna go ahead and put <laughs> Easy, that out there, Billy. Just gonna go ahead and say that. Good dudes. Good that band. It was not terrible. It was not terrible. It had like a the beach. ocean. Yeah. Anyways. Oh, that was my jam. <laughs> right. Anyways, regard that the band is not important, but the fact that if you have a good grant writer, like the, no joke, they got close to $80,000 from the Canadian government to produce three music videos. And, like, we we as a record label didn't pay one dime towards it. It's like the Arts and Crafts label, they all... Yeah, our, our yeah. Arts and Crafts is, like, entirely... they they The label gets grants from the government. They've, yeah. they've gotten hundreds of thousands of dollars. Yeah. That band, Metric, yeah. has gotten... They get a hundred grand a year, at least. Uh, our record, actually, we, we got denied a grant for our record. Uh, because of uh, how many records we had sold previously. Okay. Um, so it's for emerging. Artists. So it's for yeah. We we got denied for our our uh, recording, but we've gotten video grants um, as well as uh, we've started to get some touring grants because uh, they've uh, because you know you would go abroad and you you know we're we're losing money sometimes going to play festivals abroad and stuff just to kind of try to break the band in those markets and stuff and. Uh, you know, if we can show them that we're losing money, then they'll, you know, we'll... And, and that they're proud Canadians. Yeah, right. <laughs> so we, we've... Uh, Would you ever move to the United States? Uh, maybe, yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know if I would, uh, like, fully, like, you know, go American or anything like that, but I think I'd... I'd live in the state. I just find it so funny. Maybe you have a beach house. Yeah. Be great. <laughs> a vacation home. Yeah. I just find it so funny. It's like looking at every... Pretty much every single country besides america has like a sort of a program yeah that funds DIY, the right. arts diy yeah, i know stealth bombers right it's true. yeah that's true well, actually Who stephen harper <laughs> stephen <laughs> harper wants to get some stealth bombers for uh per perimeter, <laughs> see, see per later. perimeter <laughs> control or whatever see you later silver scene yeah, tour yeah, right, right, right. Am, Stealth's going to stealth bombers. <laughs> am i wrong in thinking that cursed made a video yeah, cursed, cursed record was paid for by yeah, the Canadian yeah. government. That's awesome. If you look on all the back, well, I, know, I just remember, remember says, the factor logo. Yeah, like the factor logo is on everything. Wonder, Fucked yeah. up gets a lot of money from the Canadian government. My Which, aunt actually was really was really upset. We got into like an argument once because um, she was really upset that the Canadian government would give money to a band called Fucked, Fucked Up, up. Makes and sense. that and that saying that like that how dare they or whatever you know that that you know they're not 
uh, being ambassadors of the country or whatever yeah. with a band name like that. And I was like, you know what? They're really good. Like I was saying to my aunt, like, you know, and they like play like all these big festivals in Europe and stuff. And you're know. like, there's really no way I can put it besides they're really good. Yeah. Does the new Republican government want to put an axe on this program? They absolutely do. Yeah. Of course. I, it's, there's no way it's that like it's... like NPR here. There's no right. way that it's lasting, especially with... Uh, oh, you think it's going away? I think for sure. Especially with now that I say, uh, I mentioned earlier, the like majority government huh. is now they like don't they like don't need people to oppose them because they have they, they have a majority, they have a majority vote, right. you know. Yeah. So they they can just they can just say something's going to happen and it happens. Yeah, is that how like Constellation Records pays for all those weird? If you if look on the back of any one of those records, okay. if you see if you see it either says like made in Canada or some sort it'll of it'll say like uh, funded by the Canadian yeah. government or it'll say something about factor or yeah. it's Mo- like a weird um, like diamond logo with an yeah. F in it. Yeah, yeah. Monique. Those, those aren't on my MP3s. Oh yeah, yeah. those yeah. aren't on your Your're iTunes downloads. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, if you, if if any of those logos are on the back, then you know that, and it has to be prominently displayed on the yeah, back. Yeah, right. It can't just be like buried. So. Um. Something I've always found interesting about Silver Scene in particular, because, I mean, you guys all come from the hardcore scene, like, you know, and when I say hardcore, I mean, like, you know, the hardcore that obviously, like, most of us have grown up with, yeah. like, you know, Midnight, whatever. Grade, obviously, is a large yeah. band, large, in, large influence on your band. And the fact that you guys, you know, for Record Store Day, you do that 7-inch where you covered American Nightmare, Propagandi, et cetera, et cetera. So people, you know, p- there are kids that look at Silver Scene that are hardcore kids and clearly think you are the worst band ever. Yeah. You guys scream and you sing. We're quite hated. Right. And so it's just, I find it like, does that, does that bum you guys out occasionally where it's just like, dude, we're like, we are you guys. We're just playing a style of music that we have grown up with and we're doing our own thing with. Right. I I just, it's, it's funny. It's funny that that you bring up the seven inch too, because in like that getting around and like, uh, you know, the seven inch getting reviewed or whatever, it goes up on punk news or whatever. And the kind of things people will say or whatever, even actually yesterday, uh, propagandy, uh, posted on their Facebook, like, Hey, check out this cover of Silverstein covering fuck the border. It sounds better than, you know, than we did it on today's empires. Like kudos guys or something like that. And they're kind of comments like, well, have you heard Silverstein? They're terrible. And like, and then someone posted something like, how could, you know, if these guys claim that they listen to like, you know, all like, they grew up listening to hardcore and punk like how could they have gotten to the music that they play today right. and it's like well like man like have you listened to anything other than american nightmare right. you know what i mean it's like like no no <laughs> <laughs> like that was, a, you, that was a great impression scott <laughs> have you heard the get of kids you know like yeah, yeah all the and there's all these bands that are like you know so well received and accepted by the hardcore scene that are the bands that influence us right. that we're just because because we're whatever we are well you guys those bands aren't on the bus yeah, yeah right, right. <laughs> <laughs> you guys because you it's funny because you guys hit right before things started to explode with the genre that you play within and then when you guys were releasing you know your second and third records that's when that trend had so taken hold and right. you had bands that were third and fourth generation copies of of let's cite grade you know right. it's like you guys were a second generation copy right <laughs> i mean and you'll be the first Absolutely, people yeah. to admit that right but then you know you have third and fourth generations who obviously like may cite you as a reference but then they have no idea who grade is absolutely and so it's like i've talked to people like that and i've like tried to show people like that grade <laughs> or, or they've been like it's like oh well, we will tour with bands now and it's like also like what bands are you into it's like oh we pretty much just listen to under oath right like it's like 
well, do you get? Do you like anything that those guys listen to? Like, right? Why would we? Yeah, and it's like it's like, oh, check out this ISIS record then, and yeah. they're like, oh, this is awful. Yeah. It's like, well, this is what all the dudes in Under Oath love. <laughs> this <laughs> is what they wrote, defined the great yeah, line right. for. Yeah, so I just always found that interesting with you guys, where it's like, I'm sure, because I'm sure that criticism gets under your skin, where you're just like, or not under your skin, but just goes like, shut the fuck up. Yeah. Like, it's just annoying. And it's it's the worst, too, when it's like someone that you know, it's just some kid behind the internet, you know, that's just sitting there and like, yeah. doesn't, you know, doesn't do anything. They're not playing in a band. They're not contributing to the scene or whatever, yeah, you yeah. know, and it's They're like... not doing anything. And it's like, in that... Oh, thank you, Dylan. That's a cupcake <laughs> That's being good. put into my hand right now. <laughs> um, but no, it's like, it's like, you know, we're like, we're a band that t- we tour like over 200 days a year and we, you know, we've worked really hard to like be in the place that we are and, you know, I've been going to hardcore shows since I was like 13 years old. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, if someone, you know what I mean? Like you haven't paid your dues yet, Billy. I'm sorry. Right. <laughs> I actually just got it. I got it. I got a tattoo, uh, a, a quote from one of my favorite hardcore songs of all time. And I got it tattooed on me the other day. Don't talk until you take a walk in my trucks. Nice. Paint a black. Reference. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I don't know if you feel comfortable discussing this, okay. but I, cause I really honestly, uh, <laughs> I enjoy it. It's about Ray's baby. Yeah. <laughs> What do you feel about kids, and should I have one? No. <laughs> the, it may be a little late for that conversation. Because, um, honestly, I really enjoyed... It's still a month where you can put it on the fire department. <laughs> it's true. Oh, I can just do it whenever. Um, I really enjoyed our conversation that we had when you guys came through in January, and you know we, we talked about straight edge. Yep. And, like, obviously how you'd been straight edge for years, and then yep. now you're not. But I really, like, the way that you brought it up, I thought was really... It was just, it was cool because obviously you were like, you know, you, you, you respect straight edge enough to, I mean, and I feel stupid saying that, but it's like, it like respect straight edge from this like deity standpoint where it's like, oh, I I still pay homage to straight edge, but I'm (laughs) not anymore. But no, just like, cause some people, the biggest problem that I have in people that obviously like decide to drop a label or whatever is people that are like fuck that like straight edge was the stupidest thing I've ever done in my life. And like, clearly that was never something that. No, straight edge was the best thing that I ever did in my life, right. and especially as a teenager. And that sure. and and that was the thing is like when I when I was fifteen or whatever, and I was presented with these choices of whether to to drink or to not drink or to whatever. You like it was, it was it's a dangerous age, you know, and mm-hmm. you can like get into things and not know how to handle them. And and the motives that I had then were you like it's like oh well like if you drink this then you'll be cool and. Yeah. You know, and and I said, well, like, fuck that. I don't, I don't want to do that. Right. Um, and so I think that straight edge was like the most important thing for me, like as a teenager, right. and and into my, it, it helped me become the adult that I am. Sure. And by all means, do I respect straight edge? Sure. Um, but I felt like I was at a point in my life where I where I wanted to experience and. You know, there, there was a lot of things I felt like I was missing out on, like traveling and sure. like being able to be like, oh, well, like uh, I've been to Italy, but I've never drank wine in Italy or right. like, oh, I've, you know, been to I've uh, been to Munich and like all my friends went to this bar and drank this like old Munich beer or whatever. Right. And I had to sit out and there was there was things that I felt like I was really alienating myself from. Sure. And as a 26 year old adult, I felt like uh, these were things that I wanted to try. And um yeah, and I'm I'm like really happy with my choice, but sure. by no means do I 
Yeah, know, no, and that's, I mean... And that, disrespect straight edge, yeah. Right, exactly. I mean, and like, like you said, it's it's an adult decision that you're making as opposed to right. this thing where it's like, obviously, it's like, oh, I think I'm going to try out heroin. Like, yeah, sound, right, that sounds right. pretty good. I yeah. mean, you've, you've become a beer... it's awesome. Yeah, here, I, <laughs> do you want to try some? No. Okay. <laughs> but, I mean, you, you've, you've become a beer connoisseur now. Yeah, like, I mean, I, I, I treat drinking beer like I do drinking coffee or drinking... Right. Uh, you know, drinking, uh, or, or not, not drinking, but, but eating different kinds of food. It's sure. like when I'm in, when I'm in Orange County, I, I want to go to Native Foods or I want to go to right. Veggie Grill or one of these cool local places. I also want to like drink this local beer sure. or like, you know, and it's like with coffee, it's like good to, you know, be able to have the convenience of going to Starbucks every now and then, but it's, it's good to go to like, uh, intelligentsia or whatever sure. and have this like you know single origin blend or what like it you takes know. 40 minutes to prepare yeah right and th- right. these are the kind of things that i like baby <laughs> I, I had a feeling scott was going to chime in right these are the like kind of finer things uh that i enjoy with touring right and right. i think that that beer um i actually had my first bud light uh on this tour uh i had one it, we were at a we were at a uh a hotel and they had like a happy hour where they gave you like a, a drink ticket and you got stamped for three drinks that they would give you for free. Right. And I was like, oh, well, I don't want like, I don't want to drink like, uh, like uh, vodka or anything. Sure. And like everyone was, I was like, I guess I'll have a Bud Light. And yeah. I was just like, it's not like, you know, we get to the show and they're like, here's your case of Bud Light. And I'm like, oh, give me six of them, you know, right, right, right. where it's like every place we go, I, I kind of search out interesting beer and try sure. to develop a palette of what I like and right, right, what I'm right, enjoying. Right. So it's yeah, been yeah. fun. No, I mean, that's, and like I said, that's why I wanted to bring it up because it was, a. Uh, I just enjoyed the conversation we had about it as, because right. I mean, like I said, a lot of people definitely take the, 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 sometimes people wouldn't even like bring it up. They would just be like, um, you know, like I hear about it two years later where they're like, Oh yeah, I'm not straight edge anymore. And, and then like all of a sudden they're into something completely different. And right. I don't even recognize them as people right. where it's like, oh. and, and I appreciate that, that, that you, took it that way oh yeah because part of part of the thing for me is when i was like going through this decision of like well should i drink or not or whatever um thinking about straight edge and what it meant to me and uh the decision that i was faced as a as like a kid it's like being straight edge was was you know something against peer pressure it was like oh like everyone wants me to drink i'm not gonna drink right and then it's like all of a sudden i have all these friends that are straight edge and they're like they're not going to be my friend anymore if I'm not straight edge. Right. Like what, you know, <laughs> I'm going to be alienated from them for whatever yeah, reason. Yeah. So, yeah. so it's been like, it's been really cool. All like some of my straight edge friends will like give me shit every now and then, but like, right. you know, there's definitely, I'm not like, I, I didn't like go out and like, you know, scratch out a tattoo and say like, that was really dumb or right, something, right. you know, like some of these <laughs> stories I've heard of guys breaking edge. My, or my favorite is there's a dude that Ray and I know who is definitely, I can't even think of his name. Ray will know it. He'll remember. I totally drew a blank. Uh, who, not straight edge anymore, but he's like, I got 19 X's tattooed on my... Phil. Oh, yes. Like, yes. He's like, I got 19 straight edge tattoos. I fucking love it. But he is the complete opposite. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Pop, popping pills and everything. But yeah. I mean, he... But the way... Loves, that, like... Right. He, he has a reverence for the fact that what he partook in philosophically was like, it meant something. It yeah. wasn't just like... You know, when people treat things as like a passing phase and look at it with disdain, that's when it's like, that's kind of a bummer, you know. Right. But whatever, you're you're not doing that, so no, I, I guess I, I guess yeah. we can still be friends. Awesome, even though I'll still judge you. We'll, we'll, we'll cover smaller X in your back. Okay, cool, <laughs> cool.
<laughs> That's perfect. Um, and sort of to wrap things up, I like to ask people this question. Um, the because people always have like a, a very surreal moment in their life that uh, you know from a, like a touring perspective where it's just like that that was the thing that whether I never thought I'd experience that or I never thought that you know we'd get to that point or whatever um, what it, like using examples like the um, we did an interview with uh, Chris the bassist of Seosin and he was like we played in Walter Reed memorial hospital for you know amputees of or you know of veterans and stuff like that and we're sitting here playing our stupid song like just yeah. things like that where it's like what the fuck are we doing <laughs> yeah, here right. whether it was like a poignant moment or a moment that is like filled with just like what like literally why are we here yeah so i don't know if there, i don't know if there's one that, that stands out to I you i mean i've always kind of uh experienced touring in like a way where it's like I don't ever feel like it's it's really hit me, and I think that that's both good and bad. Mm -hmm. That there's been times where I've been like, oh wow, like I've been to all these countries and I've played all these crazy shows and like played with all these bands that I grew up listening to, and it's never really like I've never really hit the ground from it. So I've never really like it's always just been like, oh, this is great. Or uh, whatever, I should ask you, know? you this question in about five years when Silverstein breaks up. Yeah, I, 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 I guess <laughs> I guess so. Yeah, <laughs> but but I don't know. It's like it's almost like uh, you know you'd kind of just keep doing it but i don't think we've ever really done anything like there's definitely been times where i've been like this is this is stupid like why are right why are we like why us this is really dumb where i felt like almost embarrassed for like playing especially at festivals and stuff when we're playing with bands bands that like you know we we grew up on or whatever even on like warp tour and stuff and it's like uh-huh you're you're playing like like no effects saying happy birthday to me once and i was just like what the fuck <laughs> yeah that no that's weird yeah uh yeah they they have you know that the, the no effects like birthday song they have it's yeah. like mm -hmm. happy birthday you're not special or they made they made one for me and it was like you're in a bad screamo band and like you're bad at playing poker and like <laughs> all this stuff <laughs> that's so good so well, like, um you've, you've clearly made it then yeah so maybe that was it but um no i don't know like i i think i i realized a couple years ago that um i needed to like that i needed to not take any moment for granted sure and that uh in touring you can make the best out of every situation that you're in or you can make the worst out of it and like every venue that you're in is the same like every like kid that comes to the show is the same if you make it that way like you can sit backstage on your computer and like miss your girlfriend or miss home or whatever or you can like figure out what the best thing to do in that city is and you can do it sure and that's like my kind of like and and it, back to even the, the straight edge thing it's like that's that's part of why i wanted to start experience drinking because it was like well well you know this is something I could be doing here right. in this city that's that's you know new and exciting for me, and so it's just to make the most out of every situation and to uh, live like you know carpe diem, live in, sure, dude. Live in the do, moment. Do yeah. the podcast. I understand this yeah, is probably right, right. one of the most poignant moments. In here life. we are in in Disneyland. Yes, and um, yeah. Now you can reference this when other people ask you like you know what was the most important moment of the band. It's like probably when I did an interview on the bus with First World Problems. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> this is a question that's completely unrelated. Well, no, I guess it's really whatever. Uh, and I've always wanted to know: if you play here, do you get to go to Disneyland? Here's the thing: people have asked have asked us this like four times today, and we've actually started to ask this because we've played here like ten times, maybe. Yeah. And um, we've headlined here a few times, and we've never really asked. But 
I feel like we've played here with other bands and heard that they've got to go. Usually, usually, from what I understand, if you if there's a day off where you you know you play here, you have a day off, which usually never happens because right. you're in Southern California. Um, but you ask them nicely enough. They can make it happen. Yeah. They're, or, they're, or they're able to sell you like like a twenty dollar ticket or something right. like that. So. See, I feel like um, I don't know. I don't think it was here. I'm pretty sure in, we played in Florida, and there was two. It was two shows at the Florida Disney House of Blues. So their House of Blues is on, and it's it's Disney. in downtown Disney. It's okay. a little bit further. It's not like right in the park like, like this we, one. You is. can't see the monorail. You can see the monorail because okay. there is a monorail that goes oh, to it, okay. but it's not in like that's true. Downtown <laughs> Disney is it's because uh, Disney World is the size of uh, New York City, and Disneyland is like the size of. Uh, my high school. Sure. Um, it's it's uh, a lot bigger to get around, but I feel like we played we played two shows there with Data Remember, and they went and they got comp tickets. So yeah, well, like, but, they're, they're on the radio. They're way. It's more true. It's true. Are. They also let, let me point this out. They got away with selling T-shirts that have Mickey Mouse on them that say "Fuck you from Florida" <laughs> on the back at House of Blues in Disney World. Bands get banned for that. They they got away with it. They they wow. must have sold like twenty thousand dollars worth of those T-shirts alone. Wow! Hopefully. And they somehow I think they put a piece of tape over the Mickey sure. and over the fuck, and they somehow wow. somehow like two thousand kids walked out the door with that yeah, T-shirt. Cr- craziest bands get banned. So tell me about life after Silverstein. Ah, uh, that's a, that's an even tougher question. And when will that be? Uh no idea. Yeah, probably about two weeks. I think. Right. Yeah, okay. <laughs> no. When's this tour over? No. Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, that's a re- that's a really tough question. I uh, I have absolutely no um, nothing planned. No, I have I have no no interests. I I have interests, I guess, but no real like goals or I think a, a lot of my um, you know goals and things I would want to accomplish all kind of deal with music anyways. Like I any kind of uh, other kind of skills I have in like writing or in. Uh, um, photography or anything like that it has always kind of been because of music. Uh, like I used to have a zine, and I'd like to maybe work for a newspaper or something like that. Like there's going to be newspapers, yeah. <laughs> um, oh, a blog or a magazine, or <laughs> yeah, yeah or like maybe something like that. But I feel like that's all music. Um, and no, I have like I have no uh, girlfriend or or wife or baby ladies. on the way or yeah, ladies. That's yeah. true. <laughs> um, so yeah, no, I really have. It's it scares me sometimes because I really have no idea what. I would do if this band ended tomorrow. I'd be terrified. Sure. I'd have to well, sell all my records. Every every ba- I mean, everybody comes to that transition point where it's like they they feel something hits them all of a sudden where it's just like it either is that fear or that just like oh this is this makes sense as far as my transition move. You yeah. Know? Where it's either like because we were talking to you know Rob Moran from Unbroken and like and they were touring regularly and then when he had to make that transition he he expressed the same sentiments where it was like fuck. What do I do? I, I I finished high school, and uh, I toured like I was touring while I was still in high school, and I finished high school uh, like a, a day before recording our first record for Victory, <laughs> and we've been on tour ever since. Yeah. So I've done absolutely nothing but tour since I was seventeen years old. Yeah. So it's a very, very scary question. <laughs> Thanks, Scott. <laughs> well, it's it's a first world problem. It is a it's a it's an absolute first world problem. <laughs> what about I heard some I read somewhere you know. True or not, yeah. that America's on the way to becoming a second world. Oh, that's you know, then what do we do? I don't, 
I'd do this in a rush. Move to Sweden. Yeah. Well, what, we got to change the name. Like, I don't we'll, know. We'll talk. We. About it's it, pretty good. I mean, this name is pretty good, though. There's a. I did find another podcast called First World Probcast. Probcast. Yeah. So yeah. Fuck you. Yeah. They. They got nothing <laughs> on us, dude. Nothing on us. We got way more reviews than they do. They got so, a stupid name. Yeah. This. Yeah, anything for 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 Billy's sake, we'll we'll wrap it up. Okay. But Billy, I'll, I'll take questions on that, guys. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Thank you for entertaining us and uh, thank you for having me. Once hosting again. us on this beautiful bus and uh, enjoy the show this evening. Hopefully, Mickey Mouse makes an appearance. I hope so. Enjoy <laughs> your your beautiful son. Oh yes, we'll do. It. <laughs>